0: This episode is brought to you by Dadgrass. We'll call this a little pre episode smoke break. I came across Dadgrass a couple months back and figured I'd give it a shot. I thought because of the lockdown, it would be nice to sit in my backyard, listen to some music, maybe drink a beer, and light up a joint every now and then. The Dadgrass pre rolls do exactly what I want. Music sounds a little better, I smile a little wider, and most importantly, I keep a clear head. I got my buddy Sean hip to these recently too. Now we FaceTime a few times a week, sit outside, and enjoy a mellow, casual smoke together. Dadgrass makes 100% organic hemp CBD joints that serve up a clean buzz so you can get just high enough. They're totally legal, there's no extra taxes, and they can be shipped nationwide. If you're looking for your own smoke break, head to dadgrass.com, throw a few joints in your cart, and enter discount code FOODONTOUR at checkout for 20% off. Oh, and while there's no legal age for the consumption of CBD or hemp right now, if you're under 21, this isn't the product for you, but now you got something to look forward to. Maybe tell your dad about it. Head to dadgrass.com for more info. Hey guys, welcome back to Food on Tour. My name is Mike Robinson and this is episode 12 just want to say thank you to anyone who participated in the drum raffle that I put together uh, last week. We ended up raising almost $12,000 uh, to split between NAACP, ACLU, and Black Lives Matter. So thank you to everyone who made that a massive success. This week, I'm talking with Stevie Aiello. Stevie is a Los Angeles-based songwriter, producer, multi-instrumentalist, and music director for 30 Seconds to Mars. I asked him to think about what city he would want to talk about on the episode, Usually I'll end up texting with whoever the guest is. There's some back and forth about the city and um, we sort of weigh the pros and cons. Stevie got back to me pretty quick and the answer was 100% definitively Rome. I came to find out that Italy is a really special place to both of us for a lot of the same reasons. We both have a lot of family history in Italy. We were both first generation in our families to return to Italy. We both got engaged in Italy in the same area and we both have a deep reverence for Italian food and culture. I don't think there's a more romanticized food in the world than Italian food. And food is so incredibly important in the daily routine of Italians. Stevie and I will get into what's so special about Rome to him, some of his favorite places to eat and drink in the city, and what it was like for him to play music there for the first time. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, go leave a rating and review wherever you listen, and enjoy the conversation with Stevie.
1: So I've been with... Thirty seconds to Mars for about seven years. yeah, it was about seven years in, in April, I guess of this past year. And um, prior to that, I was an artist on Universal for a few years. I was basically in a band with my like best friends for ten years. and um, we were part of that whole uh, killers um, fallout boy era at uh, Island Def Jam, which was really fun and put out two records and then that wasn't really working. So I kind of embarked on my songwriting career that took me to New York City. And then that took me to L.A., which eventually led me to 30 Seconds to Mars. And with that, uh, I started off kind of just sort of playing bass, playing keys, and then that kind of morphed into singing backup, playing guitar and some stuff, eventually engineering and and doing some additional production on some of the records and then co-writing some of the songs fortunately, which is great. And then, uh, and now I'm also the music director. So I've, I've kind of been on the road. I've been wearing all these different hats. I'm super grateful. I love doing it. And, uh, it's been a wild ride.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and you want to talk about Rome, which I, I would really, love to talk I'm about very Rome. excited about. Um, is there, a, I know you have fam like family connections there. Is there anything else other than that? Or are you just like connected by the heart to Italy?
1: Well, for me, you know, I'm Italian-American, both sides of my family, both my, my mother's side, my father's side, and my wife, too. So we both, we grew up culturally, you know, the same um, in Rhode Island. And I think for me, I think one of the biggest things, the biggest connection point is that no one had been back to Italy since my great-grandfather had come in like the early 1900s when he was a, a young boy. And so our families, both my family and my wife's family, they're all from the South. Um, And, you know, Naples is considered the South. Rome is a little bit more central, but I think still in some ways, you know, there's probably a debate over that. Um, And it's probably very passionate because Italians are passionate. Um, (laughs) But the first person to go back to Italy uh, since my great-grandfather came was me. And I went with 30 Seconds to Mars to play a concert. And it was a very emotional time for me. And so, um, you know, we had... I think the first place I had been to was, was one of the cities in the North and I can't remember exactly where it was, but when I went to Rome, I felt a totally different feeling because it's a city that's alive and you feel the history of the country there. You know, it, it it ruled the world for, for so many years. And, um, it's, it's just a good, I think it's a good focal point for, uh, my connection back to the country which then spread out into other areas so I've spent a lot of time in Sardinia I've spent a lot of time in Calabria I've spent time in other Milan uh, other cities there so it kind of was just a it's a good introduction I think for anyone also interested in the country but you got to love Italians they're passionate and they're really into food they love hard they get angry very hard they, <laughs> you know it's it, and I love I love the culture and i I, I love being an Italian American so uh, it's yeah
0: yeah, I mean, my first time in Rome, it was just like as soon as you get into the city, you're just like slapped in the face with culture. That's it. It's amazing. It's it's, it's amazing. The, the people, you know, obviously like Rome is, is a little different from a lot of, you know, older European cities with all that history because you're walking around the city and the ruins are like, it's not like one part of the city contains ruins. Right. It's like you're walking around and all of a sudden the Colosseum's there and like... It the you know it's just insane. Um, it's a
1: it's a great point because in because in Europe for for anyone who's never been, it, a lot of the towns uh, the the like the capital cities, they have quote unquote old town right. right so there's right. always like the center of the city is the oldest and it's usually like medieval or older. Um, but in Rome, everything is old and it's everywhere.
0: It's, it just <laughs> it, it like takes you by such surprise. I wasn't expecting that at all when I first went there. Just Like, you know, we walked most of the city. It's a really motivating city to walk because... Oh, um, it's
1: beautiful. You just like,
0: it's just like one thing after another. You're just hitting all these crazy landmarks. Um, And I feel like... Nuts. I feel obviously this is supposed to be focused on food, but I feel like it would be irresponsible to ignore some of that um, just because of how different Rome is compared to like Berlin or, you know, other major European cities. But
1: And I think the connection there too is, you know, for me... I, um, I connect food with uh, with memories, moments, feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have a place that has like a distinct identity, like Rome does, when you you know for me it's like eating a certain meal will bring me back to that place and vice versa right and sometimes i have daydreams when i'm in california when i'm in in los angeles because <laughs> the weather like the sun hits a certain way and you're like yeah. holy shit this is a sunday <laughs> afternoon in rome you know and it'll take you that like the the a visual or a smell or a, a taste so so i think um you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we went to the Coliseum with my family last year. We ate at that place, right? And then we had that yeah. meal, you know, and it, there, there's a connection there. So it's it's not always just, a, I think you've pointed this out also. It's not just about food. I've heard you talk about this before on probably another podcast. It's about the stories and and the location and memories associated with the with the food.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that is like when you take someone to a restaurant that you're really excited about and they're like, I don't get it. I think a lot of that is is either one, they just have undeniably bad taste (laughs) or two, you're emotionally connected and the food is better and the experience is better because of something that happened or someone you went with, you know? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. Italy is very indicative of that. (laughs) Just because I think,
1: yeah, and and right. Yeah. Especially when you go into the countryside, um, even places, even places in cities like Rome, there's tiny little spots that you're like, "Where are we going right now? What are we stepping into?" Yeah. You know, wood paneling? What's up with this place? Like, <laughs> is this the '70s or '60s? But I think the charm of those places and the, you're right, the, the you know, the memories associated with it. You, it, you can never explain that to somebody, right? No. There's only so much you can do.
0: Any favorite restaurants in Rome that stand out, like, tops for you, dude. I have like
1: a list, you know. I put the yeah. list in the old notes Great. app. Um, <laughs> Great, <laughs> but there, there's a so. I have a, an area that I typically go to. It's it's near the Piazza del Popolo, which is which is you know in Rome and all Italian cities uh, or most of them. There's the piazza, which is like the cent- center point, which is typically a giant circle where people you know congregate and walk around, and um, it's just like a communal spot where people socialize, I guess. Um, and in this particular area, there's a there's a hotel there that I've stayed at a bunch. Um, called Hotel. It's, I don't know if it's Derussy or Derussier. I don't know if it's French. I don't know what it is, but they have a chain essentially. And it's, it's a really nice, they have like one in Paris, one in Rome, one in Berlin. Um, it's a really nice hotel. And I am very apprehensive about getting recommendations from a hotel because you never really know what you're going to get, right? Um, but I spoke with the woman at the desk there. She was very sweet. And I was like, I need a place. I don't want American tourists there. I want it small, you know, really good food close by. And she was like, there's this place, Osteria uh, da Pietro, which is like a tiny little hole in the walls place. And, you know, uh, you might get some stairs when you you go in, but the food is insane. (laughs) So I remember I've walked, I walked there, this was probably in 2015, and I had an incredible lunch and I went back for dinner. And then the next day I went back for lunch again. And then I went back for dinner and I couldn't stop going there. And uh, there's not much to the place. I mean, it's not some fancy thing. It's on an alleyway and, you know, some back alleyway. And so I've been going there ever since. Um, what do you get there? And so there's a few things. Um, first of all, I think a thing you need to get when you're in Rome is Roman artichokes. Oh my God. Because they are, it's like eating velvet, it's very it's like <laughs> the softest most delicious thing. I don't know how they cook it, but it's essentially the the most tender pieces of the artichoke. Um they've stripped away all the hard stuff. Um and it's like there's it's olive oil, herbs, wine, um I I think maybe some garlic, parsley probably, but it's the whole thing like from the stem to you know to the big the big bulbous part. Right. Um and they literally, in this place, like many other places in Rome, they have trays, like a tray of it. So there's like a hundred of them on a tray just soaked in olive oil. <laughs> and it's like, how many of these do you want? Right. And you're like, give me the whole damn thing. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, I, I think that's a classic dish that everyone should probably get when they go out there. Um, and I, I think one of the things that really you know, got me stoked on this place was they have – you know it's, it's a dish called uh, Amatriciana. Which Mm -hmm. is like, uh, you know, guanciale, and it's it's like pork jowl and like a tomato sauce essentially, and it's it's insane. So I usually get that. Uh, It's typically it's bucatini pasta, but I get rigatoni, and it's just a deep, rich, tomatoy, salty, insane pasta dish. And I've probably eaten uh, that like twenty times.
0: Awesome. That's so
1: good. It was it's fantastic.
0: One of my favorite things that I had that. Is I guess sort of specific to Rome, or at least started in Rome, was salting bocca. Oh, dude,
1: which insane!
0: When I had that, like, I guess I've had like growing up. My my grandmother was Italian, and you know, my mom same. She like would always cook pasta and all these Italian dishes growing up. And um, I guess maybe I've had versions of it, sure, but never like that. So it's it's basically if if anyone doesn't know, it's veal wrapped in prosciutto and like covered in this like incredible gravy. And the name translates to jump in your mouth, which is, <laughs> which is incredible. Um, I didn't know that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I had that a couple times when I was in Rome and it's a, a, a favorite for me, for sure.
1: It's transcendent. <laughs> it like it's like so literally good. the food
0: there is just
1: out of control. That's, that's awesome. man. I, I love that you, you, you dive in on that stuff is, Sorry, you did you grow up on the West Coast? You told me. No, I I
0: I grew up in Ohio. My grandmother uh, was born and raised in Italy. um, Okay. Met my grandfather over there in Naples um, during World War II, and you know they got engaged over there, moved to Ohio in the middle of World War II, and no one similar to your story, no one had been back to Italy other than my grandmother uh, in the family, except for me, and it was. Going to Naples was a really crazy experience because my mom had all my grandmother's information from when she was growing up in Naples. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so we had her address to her apartment that she grew up in, and it turned out that our Airbnb was 30 seconds from her apartment, of so we went there, and you know, I sent my mom like a photo of the, these like massive double doors, and now my mom has the photo of the doors like framed in her house. <laughs> it's pretty sick. I love it too. Yeah, it's well, really it's cool.
1: so it's so funny. the The Italian pride thing is such. I mean, I know all cultures have that. Um, I, I for some reason you probably just see it more because of the TV and you know movies and stuff. Um, it's a little more fun. People... <laughs> Yeah, I, I well, because you know why the food is good. Like the food is good. Like people are known for their hospitality. It's it's like a, we got kind of a good, a good little thing going. Yeah. On, you know? <laughs> okay. So there's there's another place that I I really love going to, and and I think uh, talking about you know uh, connections between you know food, memories, places, um, it, in Piazza del Popolo, where I usually stay, where I like to stay, um, is is kind of a far walk from this place called Ant- Antica Pesa, which is like an old uh, restaurant that I think it's been there for like almost a hundred years. This one family has has been there, Um, and it's cool because Rome, like you said, is a walking city. So this, I think, it's probably like let's say uh, you know two miles from Piazza del Popolo to the Antica Pesa, uh, and you have to. It's great because you walk you know through the city. If the weather's good, the, something about the lighting at nighttime—it's very romantic—and you know you're walking past the, like the Trevi Fountain or all these different things—and and it's uh, it's an experience. And I, I've done that a bunch of times, and I think again this is probably why I latch onto it so much. But um, this place is awesome, super. Um, it, it's to me, it's like a, a classic nighttime like dinner Roman style place. It's got like open air in the middle, which is cool. So you, you know you're you're kind of in the outdoors. Um but the e the Pepe dish that's that Rome is known for, mm-hmm. which is uh Parmigiano Reggiano cheese and pecorino cheese and black pepper. And typically it's like served in, in a in a, a a wheel of cheese. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, which <laughs> just is fantastic. tossed around in there. Just, just keep adding more cheese. Man. Uh, but it's great. It's classic dish, classic, I think Roman dish. Um, but that that place is just good food. I like the vibe there. They have like some like murals in, in the back of the restaurant, so it's kind of got like a cool feel. And um, every time I've gone there, they've always been like super nice, super hospitable. But the but that dish in particular is just insane, just amazing, beautiful.
0: Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know that I had cacio e pepe when I was in Rome. I don't think I've ever eaten it there.
1: You 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 should you should get back there and do it when this is all I over. can't
0: imagine that's true, but I can't remember eating it
1: there. <laughs> well then th- maybe you did. You did. <laughs> but you would have remembered it. Yeah. You would have
0: remembered it. Another Roman staple that stands out to me is Supli. Did you have you eaten suple over there? I don't believe I have. What is it's, that? It's basically like the Roman version of arancini. Which oh, you, okay. you know, for anyone that doesn't know, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. A, a rice I probably ball. Have souply is (laughs) like sort of in the shape of a mozzarella stick like it's much smaller thinner and like sort of elongated and it's um rice wrapped around mozzarella covered in marinara sauce breaded and fried and it's just i don't know if it's the shape or just maybe they do something a little different but it's so much better than arancini
1: (laughs) that's funny isn't it i wonder if it I wonder if they use different rice. Maybe they might. Arancini, Arancini is rice, rice too, right?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: It's so, it's uh, yeah. They, I wonder the texture. Is it the texture? What is it, it?
0: I don't know. It just feels more like a mozzarella stick, and I think that's why I like it.
1: <laughs> Familiarity, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah,
0: it's awesome. Dude, it's what? it's all over the place. Like every pizzeria there has it. Um, there's one place in particular, Bonchi Pizzeria. Okay. Which there's they actually have one in Chicago now, um, but there's – I'll text you a photo of this. It's incredible. But theirs is oh, fucking dude. fantastic.
1: I, I've never heard of that, but that sounds amazing.
0: Yeah. You I mean, look. anything
1: fried is great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Always. <You know? laughs>
1: yeah. Speaking of which, actually, another thing to try in the city is, so there's those Roman-style artichokes, which are just like soft and... And, you know, uh, just like I was, I think I had described it as velvet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, another thing is the the Jewish style artichokes in Rome, which are also insane because there, there was always a Jewish section of Rome um, from, I believe, you know, antiquity, you know, <clears throat> uh, from back in the day. And um, they they do a different kind of thing, which is also really incredible they basically cut the top off like the pointy top of the artichoke leaves um, and then they deep fry them or in oil uh, or f- not deep fry them but they fry them in oil and so everything becomes tender and I think they de- they fry it again they fry wow. it like maybe a couple times <laughs> and what happens is the outside gets crispy and the inside heart still stays like nice and soft and it doesn't get like crispy and hard
0: I don't know that I have and that over there the whole thing.
1: Yeah, you eat everything. Wow. You eat the whole damn thing.
0: That's yeah. awesome.
1: Um, and I think they might be smaller, the artichokes, so they're like kind of more manageable. But it's delicious. It's like a nice, crunchy... It's like eating potato chips, artichoke <laughs> potato chips. Uh, and, and it's fantastic. But that's another thing. I mean, speaking of you know things being fried, which you wouldn't expect in a place like that. But I guess, you know...
0: They do it right, though. There's something about it.
1: So it's not food, but it's it's drink. I think... I, I do think you got it when you're there, you got to get a Negroni. Oh you have God. to do it. Yeah. You just, if it's a hot day, it's like the perfect drink in the afternoon to me. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's orangey, a little bitter, you know, chilled. It's delicious. And of course you got to get an espresso. Anytime you're in Italy, you got to drink a hundred of them a day. <laughs> if you don't, Fraud. Um,
0: sorry, on, on the topic of the espresso, I want to touch on how different coffee culture is in Italy to yep. anywhere else, really. I mean, you want to get a coffee, you walk into a cafe, and they're also gonna have liquor behind the bar, and they're gonna yes. have like pastries and food, and you just belly up and like pound an espresso. People yep. aren't people aren't just sitting around, you know, people aren't going there to do work. It's it's just so different and so much fun for some reason. And it, it's sort of conducive to the, like, I want to drink 100 of these a day, <laughs> you know? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's, that's a really good point. Because I think in America, I think probably in other European cities, too, like probably, you know, probably like Prague or, you know, Berlin or, you know, maybe even Paris. Like there, you do have that, like, I think you do have the coffee shops that... Or Amsterdam, where they you like bring your laptop in and you right. you drink something and you work. Um, that to me is also like kind of youth culture too. It's like university culture or something, you know, or, or yeah, you know that that kind of vibe, right? Um, but yeah, you're totally right, man. In Rome and in Italy in general, it is a it's a so Italians are social. They hug, they kiss, they touch, they yell. They, you know, it's, it's, and and they do it in person. They don't do it over the phone, you know? So, um, that's, what's so great about going to, uh, you know, an espresso bar or a place to get coffee. It's, you also, you're, you know, you can pound the espresso, but a lot of times you you see people like sipping them, right? Like the old, the old men. Yeah. They're standing uh, at the bar
0: for like 10 minutes sipping an espresso.
1: (laughs) That's it. And it's, and they, cause you know, they, they're taking their time, right? That's like the thing, you know, whereas us, me, I'm guilty of it. We walk in, oh, got to get the coffee, got to go, got to do the thing. But there, they're taking their time, they're soaking life in. They also like to sit in, in, and I think you know, if I'm not generalizing, it's they want to have conversations and hear about what's going on and, you know, um, pontificate and all that stuff. So (laughs) it's nice because you almost, I've found myself taking a step back when I'm there and slowing down a bit. It's it's hard
0: initially. It is right. It's it, there. It's like there's a big learning curve. Like the our first. I remember our like first time going out to get dinner in Italy. My wife and I were both just like, oh my god, like, no, where is every like, where's the server? Oh, where's yeah. the, you know? It's just like it's like a <laughs> yeah. three hour. It's like Paris. It's like a three hour ordeal to get dinner, but it's great. Like once you, if you just realize you have you don't have anything to do. If you're in Italy, you're the, probably there to hang out. You know, or like, yep. you got a day off, play a show, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really awesome to just embrace that laid back, no rush, just chill out. People don't get, people don't even get going there until like 10 a.m.
1: No, that's I know that's the thing too. It's just it's super chill, and they eat at different times, which is the other thing. If you if you're if you're not on board with their schedule, you're you're in, you're in deep shit because you gotta you gotta make sure you research the hours of the restaurants, people. Yeah. If you're going to Rome, if you're going to Italy to eat, or even like Spain, same thing. Like you gotta make sure you know when places are going to be open because three o'clock in the afternoon for lunch, you might be you might be in trouble right there. Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, but yeah, dude, it's it's a really interesting and fascinating culture in that sense. Um, I love it. I love, I love that whole energy because um, and also I, I grew up that way too. Like my, you know, when we had holidays, when we had dinners, when we had big, bigger dinners than normal every every night kind of thing, it was a long ordeal. You weren't just like, you know, hanging out for 10 minutes and then going and watch TV. No way. You were sitting at the table. And that's interesting because then you learn how to have conversations with older adults and, and people who are in their 70s, 80s when you're like 10. That's you know, really you learn how to have conversations. I never these, thought like, about that. Yeah, the the food in the table actually, you know, uh, I think matures you at a young age uh, in certain situations. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you actually have to speak to these people. And you're actually – then when you get into your teens and your 20s, one thing I found was I started becoming genuinely interested – not just being able to respond and interact with these people but right. like wait a minute what was your life like when you were growing up or you know when you were back in italy what was it like you know so it's kind of yeah it's interesting in that sense
0: all right let's get back to your list real quick
1: all right you know there's a place there's a place near the vatican that that i loved Called Little Bar, but the thing I loved about this place was just talking about this coffee thing. It's a small, tiny bar, but neighborhood. So kids are coming in and like saying hi to the bartender, and you know they're they're all just like involved in the in the business of this place. But the coffee there was incredible, and the hospitality was amazing. I mean, this guy, uh, I ended a tour one time and I went there uh, randomly, and the bartender was like. Are you Calabrian? I'm like, well, my family's from the South. And, you know, and he was like, I thought so. He's like, I'm an Italian guy, but I grew up in Brooklyn. I mean, he's like, I lived in Brooklyn for 15 years. So, um, you know, I, he spoke English and uh, we were having a conversation. He's like, he's like, what, do, what are you doing? I'm like, well, my, my girlfriend's flying out and I think I'm going to propose to her. So, wait, he made did you me, propose like, in couple- Italy? I did. I me did too. <laughs> on the <Amalfi> Coast. No, <laughs> me too. <dude>. No, <laughs> we, was- I
0: proposed in, uh, in Positano.
1: Nice. That's perfect.
0: <laughs> Damn, yeah, that's great. Good. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry amazing. to interrupt. That's hilarious.
1: No, 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 no. That's, that's great. And, uh, but no, the, the, the espresso there was incredible. Um, and, and the, the hospitality just set me right on my journey. Um, I think another thing, uh, that people have to get when they're in Rome is like the Roman style pizza. Oh my God. And it's, it's the same thing as arancini. It's the same thing as everything else. It's, it's everywhere.
0: Yeah.
1: It's you know it's like gelato. It's everywhere in Rome. You have to get it, and it's great for people who don't know. You know, it's it's typically like takeaway style, takeaway style by the slice. Um, you're, it's rectangle and it's usually thicker, a thicker crust than most pizzas. You're not going to get like a thin crust style uh thing at like a takeaway bar like that's not like a new york city slice or anything but it's delicious it's incredible and it always goes fast so you're always hopefully going to get a <laughs> fresh slice
0: yeah depending on what time of year totally the the place that i mentioned earlier that banshee place um we when we went there it's close to the vatican and when we walked in it was crazy like how quick it was moving you know and they're just kind of like cutting cutting s- slices off with scissors just sort of eyeballing it or whatever and this dude the guy making the pizza in the back is coming up like Every few minutes with a new pizza, nothing's on the menu. He's just yelling out whatever he wanted to make. I love and that. That was something that was really, really fun because it was just like, we have no idea. Like, all of this looks really good that's out right now. But do we want to wait an extra five minutes and see if he comes out with something insane?
1: Yeah, I love that. The no menu thing in, in Italy to me is like the best thing. Yeah. it's It's incredible. It's like, what do you have? You know, here's what we got. And, you know, we can we can get a little creative with it, but, like, this is what we have for today, and what do you want? You know yeah, what I right. mean? And I, I love that sort of... that If you're into that kind of thing, a lot of people obviously aren't because they have food restrictions and whatnot. But um, it can be kind of fun if you're into food and a and, and nice little creative jump.
0: You for know, sure. Go on the ride. I want to talk about playing shows in Rome. Absolutely. Because Italy yeah. is... I've talked about this on other episodes before. Italy is sort of a weird place to play music because... It's like Florida in the sense that to get down to Rome, even you got to drive back up to get out. You can't just you're not just going straight through to the next city or the next country or whatever. So how often sure. are you guys playing there? And and what are, are the shows significantly different from playing the rest of Europe?
1: I think in an album cycle a year when it when Sorry, when a record is released, um, we'll probably hit Rome maybe twice in a year. Um I'm trying to think we might have done twice in a year and a half. Um but yeah, you're right. It is it is difficult to get down there. Um it it makes more sense obviously if you are playing somewhere like Milan and then Rome, but at that point the cities are kind of so close together. Yeah. Even if they are, you know, I don't know, 7 hours driving or I don't know what it is, but whatever the number is. First of all, the hospitality changes completely. <laughs> you know um i think in italy it changes just overall i mean you are in the land of food um i've i remember many times playing in italy and and, and rome i guess specifically rome too it, you know you got things like prosciutto di parma like hanging out in catering yeah. <laughs> you know like the real shit right. and you're like okay okay this is <laughs> i can get down with this you know and also the people i think the 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 chefs at for people who don't know like w- w- with catering if you don't bring your own like chefs and your own crew of chefs th- they have local people come in and so, you that's a gamble sometimes you don't know what you're going to get but in italy you can pretty much guarantee it's going to be badass <laughs> yeah. you know and uh like we had some nonnas cooking for us one time when we played in Northern Italy, like literally a small restaurant with like family run older women cooking the food. Um, but yeah, I remember last time we were in Rome, it was incredible. Um, the hospitality was fantastic. The shows are next level. The, the thing, there's certain parts of the world that I think have a different, like run on a different frequency when it comes to live music. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Russians, you've got Italians you've got uh, pretty much all of South America, you know, (laughs) you've got Mexico and in Central America and everyone in South America. Um, From my experience, this is, you know, obviously just my experience, but you have these certain places, Brazil, you know, where it's just off the chain. Like they are very, very passionate about music. And I've often thought, is there some link between the lyrics and their language Mm. or, you know, in general, how they are, are they, you know, are they more sensitive and right. emotional, meaning like, do the lyrics hit them harder based on language or based on what they're hearing? I'm not really sure. I'm sure there's a cool study out there that someone, some genius smarter than me has done. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the Italy in particular is always louder, more passionate, um, you know, very connected to the artist. And I love that. I, I know last time we played there, which was or sorry, the first first time we played there on the last 30 seconds to mars album cycle in 2018 i think it was the third show of the the tour and i had like i said i had written a few songs on the last record or co-written sorry a couple of songs off the last record and we were playing some of these live in the arena for the first time in front of 20,000 people and this was you know me working on this i had worked on the record Uh, with the guys for three to five years wow so this is the culmination of a lot of work and seeing the people sing back the song dude i was crying and also (laughs) i had the italian flag at one point by the end of the set i had the italian flag wrapped around my neck because they always bring the italian flag out and and it's it was a very emotional thing for me and uh and it was really special, and I'm really grateful for the people of that country to come out and and support and, and be a part of that energy in that moment.
0: That's really cool. Any other places we missed? Any other foods we missed so far?
1: I would say that that place, Hotel de Russie, or de Ucie, I don't know how you pronounce it, um, that place in Piazza del Popolo in that area is a really rad spot to go for, like, a drink in the afternoon. Um or to get some prosciutto or some some other kind of you know um, a small small light dinner. Um, it's great because you eat outside, and it's got sort of uh, it's got uh, some of the Roman statues you know out there. Um, just it's got like a good energy, like a good outdoor uh, energy, and it's cool. Like it's 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 a little bit more. Um, I think on the higher end, like higher higher prices. But I think if you're looking for like just kind of a nice experience on a hot day to go and grab a drink that's like the place i would go to
0: something that i just love about rome in particular italy in general but rome i felt like i saw this a lot is uh the amount of bottled aperol spritzes that you can buy in like a convenience store insane (laughs) and just walk around you know like just hang out in the middle of a hot day sit outside drink a bottled Aperol spritz for like, I don't know what, like two bucks or something. It's insane.
1: Yeah, they really they really made the right move on that one for sure. (laughs) There's a place called uh, Osteria uh, del uh, Gelsomino. Yeah, del Gelsomino. Um, It's near the Vatican. Um, That's a place where you can go. And again, I'll give you I'll give you all this information so that you can put it put it up somewhere, um, or we can share it somehow. But that's, uh, that's where I went and I had the Jewish style artichokes for the first time. Um, and that place is like a country, it's more of like a countryside place. Like there's, it's not fancy inside, which I love. It's like, there's bricks, you know, there's a couple of waitresses and you're eating, you know, that, that, yeah, yeah that place is really dope. Uh, all the food there is exceptional. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I think uh, just in general, I think, you know, going by the river, which runs through the center of the city and, and having a meal or having a drink or going into taking the sights is, is probably something you, people might want to do if they're ever going to go to the city.
0: Definitely. Just walking along that river alone, it takes you some pretty awesome places. That's it. I
1: think also just quick side note on that too. Like if you're if people are going to walk around, I think that the Appian Way, which is the old the old road leading out of Rome to southern Italy. If people get a chance to go on that, I mean, you you don't necessarily want to go when it's July or August because it's a little bit too hot, but it's a stone road, ancient road, um, can't take cars on it. But it's incredible if you can go before the sun sets because you are going to see all these amazing old houses and stone ruins it's just a beautiful walk. There's birds everywhere and and tall grasses. And it's just it's after like a long day of eating. It's probably (laughs) a good way to get some exercise.
0: Italy aside, how are you typically finding food when you guys are on tour? And what's your what's the best time for you to go?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, for me, it's sourcing from the people. So I love getting on Twitter. I love getting on Instagram. Oh, cool. Asking people from that place where should I go? I'm gonna be here. Where you know? Where do I need to go? Yeah. Um, and that way you're getting it straight from from the source. I I I do Yelp and stuff like that sometimes, but you don't know the people who are who are Yelping. You don't know. Yeah. Like are they all from like Iowa? And not not that there's anything against people from Iowa, but like you want people who go there all the time to yeah. be giving you feedback on, on on where you should be going. So that for sure. And I think it sometimes it just depends. I mean, I think one of the last times I was in Rome, we played a show and then we went out to dinner late night, which typically those places aren't open super late, but we're able to get into a place. Um for me it's it's usually the lunch. It's all about lunch when it comes to that stuff, because it's enough time before I have to go in and sound check or anything. And,
0: and you know. I mean, you guys are playing exclusively arenas at this point, right? Are you doing stadiums ever?
1: Yeah, de- depends on the place. But there's been a handful of stadiums that have been played. We went to Kazakhstan and played the first like outdoor stadium wow. show there,
0: Unreal. Um, which was sick. Playing those size venues, are you not able to go like sort of? Out into the city and venture around, are you waiting on days off to like really find some cool places to go eat?
1: Yeah, I think it just depends, right? It depends on the schedule, depends on what's needed uh for certain shows, like for me, being the music director, you know typically at the top of an album cycle, like what what we've done in the past is every time we're in a new city. You know, we try to get or a new country. We try to get like the biggest singer from that country or someone that aligns well with the band to come and guest live at the show to sing. So for me, I might need to come in a little bit earlier to run through how that's going to work with the guest singer and the band. So it's like and the crew and everybody like, right, because there's a whole coordination between the lights and what the Jared the singer or his brother Shannon wants to do and how we coordinate that with, you know, even the even like uh any kind of backing tracks or timing time code for the video, any of that stuff. So there's a lot it's a lot it's not, <laughs> I'm not really giving the best explanation because there's so much involved with it. Right. But that basically will dictate for me personally when I need to be on site. So sometimes it can get challenging um But I, I, food is such a big part of my life, and I like revere it, and I think it's really important. And I want to try things, and I want to uh, taste the world. So for me, I I make it a point, even if I'm exhausted or even if it's too late, to get out there and go try the palmini in in Moscow at this place, or go try, you know, whatever. Um, So for me, it's it's yeah, it's important for me to get get out there and try it.
0: Uh, what about when you get back to L.A.? Are there any places that as soon as you get home, you just have to go?
1: Um, I like to cook, so I'm not one that loves – and since I'm on tour all the time, eating <laughs> right. out a lot, <laughs> right. You know, I, I like to kind of keep it simple and keep it at home. Me and my wife love cooking and um, – I, I just love being in the kitchen because my grandmother was just like a, a big part of my life. And she was always in the kitchen. And that kind of like rubbed off on me, which was great. And But there are a few places. In L.A., there's a place near us called Speranza, which is incredible. Um, that's an Italian restaurant. There's a place called Taroni, which has a location downtown that I love.
0: I still haven't gone um, there. It's on my list. Lo- I really want to really, go.
1: really good. They have a really good lamb ragu dish that's like out of control. Wow. It's so good. Um, There's also a place called Palermo, which is in Los Feliz. Uh, The owner is from Sicily, I believe, and he came, I think, over uh, 60s, 70s, started the restaurant. And I love that restaurant. It's not like Speranza or Tironi. Speranza and Tironi are more... I think uh, like when when you think of like Italian cuisine and Palermo is a little bit more like Italian American cuisine, which they're they're kind of two different things. And in L.A., like Italian American cuisine is more of how I I grew up, and the Italian uh, stuff is uh, it's just different. And in L.A., you get a lot more of it like classic Italian because you have Italian chefs coming from Italy over to L.A. to start restaurants. Whereas if you're in Philly it's going to be like a descendant of a descendant <laughs> who started a restaurant yeah. and the food is a little bit different. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, but yeah, it's good, all good. I love Both it awesome
0: all. in their own right, for sure.
1: That's it. That's it.
0: Last question for you. I always like to finish up with a fuck, Mary, kill. Rigatoni, gnocchi, spaghetti.
1: Ooh. Um, wow. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, okay, okay. Dude, this is really hard. By the way, I just want to, before we do this, I just want to say for all you Italians listening do not kill me, man. No matter what I say, don't kill me. Um, I'm going to kill spaghetti. Fair enough. I'm going to kill spaghetti. I was never really a spaghetti guy.
0: Um,
1: uh, it's just not my, not my, really my vibe. I'm down with it, but it's just, I'm more of like a bucatini guy. If you, you know,
0: Love a I like a little
1: bit of bite. Yeah. want a little bit of uh, more of a bite on it, you know? So um, you're not, you, so I,
0: you hate angel hair,
1: <laughs> not an angel hair guy. I gotta be honest. I'll do it. I hey, all pastas, good pasta as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? It's just preference. Um, uh, so yeah, I would kill spaghetti, uh, gnocchi. I would, I guess I would, I would fuck the gnocchi. <laughs> it's weird to say, I'd marry the rigatoni in a heartbeat, man.
0: Amazing. I'm a fan. Dude, nothing for me as far as like cooking at home. Can't really beat like a rigatoni bake.
1: Literally. I'm not even kidding. I'm my mouth is watering right now. (laughs) Like no joke. You know, it's like, it's one of those things you, you want it there every day. It's consistent. And sometimes on a Friday night, you're going to dress it up and get a little kinky. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, so I'm going to marry that rigatoni
0: for sure. Well, thanks for doing this, man. I, I haven't done any Italian cities yet and it's a very special place to me as I know it is to you so this is really fun I appreciate it.
1: No oh, dude, thank you. I think this is awesome what you're doing and um I'm I'm happy to be a part of this. Um uh, maybe next time we can we can go through Sardinia.
0: Dude, let's maybe, do it. Maybe
1: touch on that a little bit. Uh, I I love the Italian culture, the Italian people and uh yeah, if if I can quickly, do you mind if I just kind of say something about the times really quick? I know it's not really no, not at all. About please,
0: the, please do.
1: I just no, I just wanted to quickly say, you know, uh, I mean, I'm I'm learning during this time. I'm listening. I'm 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 trying to get involved, and one of the things that that kind of helped me actually kind of understand where other people were coming from, and um, you know, learning about all these. These crazy, horrible things that have been happening, but a way to stay positive was I kind of looked back to the past and people that were a part of my culture, Italian-American cultures, your culture. So, you know, I looked at some of the old Sinatra stuff, some of the old Tony Bennett stuff, and they were really involved in the civil rights movement. And they were advocates for for black Americans. And I thought that was really cool. And I, I just want to encourage other people, other Italian Americans, other people beyond that to go check that out, um, you know, and maybe it'll inspire people. I don't know. Inspired me. That's the only reason why I'm bringing it up and it inspired me to want to get involved because they they saw that there was a problem with this and they wanted to get involved and they teamed up with their fellow uh, black Americans and they fought for equal rights because they, they believed in it and um i just want other people to uh maybe maybe go take a look go on youtube and uh maybe it'll it inspired me so that's uh, again and that's the only reason why i'm bringing it
0: i don't care what your ancestry is like 100% there's been a time when when your ancestors were oppressed targeted anything like absolutely just look back in history and fucking register to vote
1: yeah get involved man get out there and 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 listen to what what people have to say you know listen to the opposing side but really listen to what's happening right now with black people and and understand what is going on um i think it's so important and you're right so many people have been uh persecuted and this is a human thing we should be on the right side of history and um yeah just be a good person don't be a dick
0: want to keep up with stevie he's on instagram at stevie I L O, that's a i e l l o he's got a website it's steviemusic.com and you can find us on instagram as well at food.ontour if you have any food recommendations you want to share send those over to foodontourguys at gmail.com you can also email us if you have any questions comments uh suggestions whatever you want thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time